Hey everybody, this is Sean. I wanted to pop in for this episode and explain what we're doing. Uh, this is going to be a new series that I'll I'll have up on the it'll be listed as an episode number, but it's going to be listed as interview series such and such, you know, number I should say, and then the name of the band behind it. Uh, it's just something we're doing new that. I've kind of resisted doing up until now. I wasn't real crazy about doing phone and interviews. Uh, I, I personally like doing them face to face, but it was an opportunity that was presented to us. And I just thought it was a good way to go. It's a good opportunity to interview bands that we might not necessarily get to interview otherwise. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, this is our first in this series. Uh, it's The band is called Howling Giant, their album the Space Between Worlds came out September 27th. It, it was a really good interview, especially for our first one. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more loose with it as we go along and do more of these. Uh, we have another one coming up here real soon with um, Ex Mortis. So that should be a really good interview. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Like I said, these guys were a little bit different for us. They're not it's not the same type of music you normally hear on the show. I, I really liked them. The, I went back and listened to all their back catalog as well, and it's, it's just amazing stuff. They get a little bit different each album, I think, and just super talented dudes, and they were great to talk to. Stay tuned at the end of this podcast, and I have included the song Cybermancer and the Doomsday Express, which is their first single they did a video for off this album. So I hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, without further ado, here is Howling Giant. Welcome back to Metal Beer and Bullshit. Grab a beer, grab a seat, and enjoy some metal, beer, and steaming piles of bullshit. Hey man, this is Sean from Metal Beer and Bullshit. I'm here with John. BN. BN, sorry. Uh, and we have the distinct pleasure of having on the phone to interview today, Howling Giant. What's going How on, guys? Doing? How you doing, man? Yeah, we're doing all right. We're doing pretty good. Good. So, so uh, we're, uh, we're, getting it, we're just getting it all together here in Nashville. <laughs> what's it like there in Nashville these days? Sorry, what was that? What's it like there in Nashville these days? Oh, you know, a lot of bachelorette parties, and uh, we all work <laughs> at breweries, so we see a lot of them somehow. It's uh, your typical Halloween Giant show is exclusively bachelorette parties. Yeah, sure. the niche market. <laughs> There's no bachelorette parties. We won't play it. Yeah. Jesus, i got to come exactly. see you guys in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, speaking of that, uh, you guys started when you guys were in college. What were you guys studying in college? Uh, I studied some music business. Yeah, and I did uh, I did music performance. I got guitar performance. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. the, Sebastian, uh, we met him down here in Nashville. And funny enough, I also studied music business, but just totally at a separate school. So you guys were you guys were at Boston uh, Boston College, right? Me and uh, me and Zach were at uh, Berkeley in Boston. Yeah, and then yeah, we met Sebastian down here when we moved down. Um, it's been great. It's been like a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we met Sebastian a year ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. When I was reading your bio and everything like that, it said you guys, uh, like I said, met in college, and then later you got Sebastian there. 
Um, you guys did a lot of D and D and compiled that with the music. Well, I've never really been a D and D fan, but I know those games last forever. How do you how do you do college D and D and music at the same time? Oh man, you know, college is a real roller coaster of like skipping classes to play Dungeons and Dragons and then practicing guitar for like eight hours a day. <laughs> it was like a, it was a weird, yeah, weird time. So D and D probably took precedence for you guys. Then I mean, it was it was really important to me. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, I read that. I'm just sitting there trying to put myself in that situation going, what? where, how? But uh, it, it worked yeah, for you. You don't guys. play D&D every day. you got to save it for the special occasion, you know. <laughs> we, we made it happen. You just sleep less. Ay, ay, ay. You guys uh, put out two EPs. Uh, were they on your own or were they on a, uh, a smaller label of some sort? Uh, yeah, the, so we actually have three EPs out, and all of those were released uh, independently. So we have our self-titled EP. Um, we recorded that in my bedroom on my first house that I had down here in Nashville. Um, that was in, what, 2014, 2013, something like that. Uh, but then, yeah, then we did the Black Hole Space Wizard Part 1 and Part 2. And, uh, yeah, everything's been independent until this release through Blues Funeral Recordings. When you did the uh, the the your own releases, you know, without the record label and everything, did you find it easier to do it that way, or was it better with the the record label helping you? I mean, it's, it's definitely more effective with that label help. I would say, especially working with uh, Blues Hero and working with Jazz specifically, has been really helpful. Um, and I mean, I think ultimately we can kind of reach more listeners, you know, through this kind of outlet. Um, releasing something on our own was really fun and we could kind of do like our own pace, but you know, you just kind of release something and toss it on like Bandcamp or whatever. And you have no idea if it'll take or if anyone will listen. So, you know, it was, I guess not difficult, but definitely not as effective. Also, Blue's Funeral is a, you know, they're a smaller label, so they're really hands on with everything. So they really communicate well with us and, and the, probably just communicating every single day. Um, so to have that type of connection really helps. You guys just released The uh, sp- uh, the Space Between the Worlds. How long did it take to make this album and like what all went into it? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, we've been working on some of these tunes for a long time now. Some of these riffs have been kind of around and we've been wanting to uh, get a chance to record them, so it's kind of hard to take a look at that time frame and know exactly, you know, we didn't just wake up and be like, today we start the record. <laughs> they, they just end, you know. It's, uh, it's been in the works for a long time, probably, you know, a couple of years now, maybe. Yeah. I guess we started messing around with some of these ideas, like, right around the release of Black Hole Space Wizard Part 2, which was a 2017 release. Is it safe um, to... Go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry for cutting in there. No, I was going to say times are relevant. It, it seems like yesterday we put out part two. <laughs> yeah, years ago. Is it safe to say that you guys are like heavily influenced by like Sabbath meets Mastodon meets uh, like the Chicago doom metal of like Trouble and the Skull? Yeah, I mean those are all those are all bands that we dig for sure. I, I think with our writing process, it's very much like who are we kind of listening to in that moment, and it's 
constantly kind of changing. So, because yeah, I um, I hear a yeah. lot of Mastodon. Oh yeah, well we like Mastodon. They're rad. <laughs> we just listen to a ton of them, and that just kind of bleeds through. I think they do some like really creative, really cool stuff. Just kind of have a very unique sound in the heavy world. And, yeah, I mean, they're a fantastic band. Yeah, it's huge. It's pretty cool the way you guys pull off. I mean, you definitely you have your own sound. I mean, you're not. I mean, it's easy to say, oh, you, people sound like so and so, but I think you guys definitely have carved out very much your own sound. You know what I mean? It's it's easy to. It, 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 people are saying I hear this and hear that, but I think by and large, you sound completely unique. Like your albums, like some of your older stuff, I think it's just super distortion heavy and very stonery sabbathy kind of sound and music and the new one you've really kind of switched it up where there's a little bit of that but you've also got some just straight ahead like just damn good rockers it's, yeah i hear a lot of like 70s rock influence mixes like i said masked on oh yes we appreciate that that's good to hear <laughs> you never know you know there's just there's so much music i feel like at this point where everything becomes a little bit derivative to a certain point so you know, you never know what you're creating. And if it is, you know, we, we just try to write what we enjoy at the end of the day. Right. And I think that uh, in our writing process, we never kind of go into the writing process thinking like, oh, we want to write a, a song like Bastodon or a song like Sabbath. It always just kind of ends up, it just the three of us get together in a room, turn the amps on, sit down to drums and just kind of go. And whatever comes out of that is, you know, we just make it work. You guys played uh, Psycho Las Vegas the last two years along some of the who's who of metal and hard rock. How does this come about? Uh, we just got an email one day <laughs> and invited, like, invited us. And for a while, the, like, the first email, we were just like, is this some sort of prank? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can play Psycho Las Vegas just just send me a routing number to your bank account. You know, that's what I <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, just an email out of, out of nowhere. I think, uh, he just heard us randomly. One of uh, the main dude, Evan just heard us and was like, yes. So, you know, super grateful to him for, for having us along and like to the pool party this year was pretty rad. Well, it's also possible. I'm not sure if this is confirmed, but, uh, our label head, Jack, I think was at Psycho the year before we played. He was handing out samplers, so maybe, like, he claimed that he was talking with, like, some of the folks over at Psycho and Sassadoff. So, I mean, this was even before we were working with him as a label. I think he was just, you know. An excited fan. Yeah, know? just excited about it, just kind of passing it out, so. Nice. You know, I think that could have been Jad from Blue's Funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Benevolent savior. <laughs> I mean, that is that is a, a really a who's who lineup. In it, it looks packed every year. So, and to be on it, you know, two years no less is really cool. Yeah, we're not really expecting to be invited back for year three. The only person who's <laughs> able to do that is Matt Pike. <laughs> <laughs> Our show is called the Metal. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Our show is called the Metal Beer and Bullshit um, podcast. Here, we have to ask: How did the co uh, collaboration come about with Oliver Brewing? We went on a tour last May, and Jad once again coming in put us in contact with Steve, the head brewer at Oliver, uh, and we went on a little tour. Steve came to our show. It was an awful show, 
Oh, it was still fun. It was still fun. <laughs> but we just, like, uh, we were scrambling. It was super last minute. One show canceled on us in Baltimore, so we picked up this other one last minute. Oh, that was literally, like, two days before oh, the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then Steve just, like, it's a bunch of, like, high school, like, hardcore bands. And oh. then we're the last one. He's just sitting there, like, waiting in the back. He's probably the only person there for us. I think him and his son. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, we just kept kept in touch with him after that and uh yeah just started talking when we were getting ready to put the album out and steve used to do the uh what's it called the long live heavy metal is that what it was ipa series that he did like with great electric quest uh he did a beer from lost generator he did more from best not right uh no no didn't do best no sorry no nothing sebastian's got matt's down on the line (laughs) everything's mastered on I know they did, did one, one with. Uh, okay, oh. well. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I, I was just saying they uh, they uh, they did one with integrity that was really really good. We we actually reviewed that one on the show here. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Now, where, uh, where are you guys based? We're we're based in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm oh, hope- so you're not too far. Yeah, we're only like an hour. Hour and a half, two hours maybe from uh, two hours tops, two hours from tops Baltimore. from Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they might be. I don't know. He had a bunch of cans made, so I don't know what their distribution network is like or anything else like that. But there's a chance it might work its way up there. Uh, I, I have I have some connections that gets me beers from all over the U.S. So Excellent. the ones right that ain't up. supposed to be, you know, they're limited to this section. So, but in the meantime, now. Uh, uh, what what kind of beers do you guys go after? I mean, what what can we expect from this Oliver beer? So we it, it's a uh, fall saison, so a nice rye saison. We kind of noticed a bunch of metal bands always doing IPAs or some bar- barrel aged like stout or anything else, and we wanted to do something different and legitimately enjoy the style. I think it's underrepresented, kind of in the beer market right now. So to see a really solid is on is pretty excellent I, th- I think a lot of brewers here in the state struggle with the style i mean it's it's not an easy style to brew i mean it's supposed to be a simple beer you know a farmhouse ale but i mean for some reason a lot of people tend to fuck it up so well it's kind of a wild yeast strain like it, it can kind of do anything you know it's it's not quite like for can of mice use or anything else like that but it it is a little funkier and harder to handle and some people make them super light some people make them insanely funky. I think Steve nailed this one, and we're just right down the middle. Yeah, and I also think just because, you know, I mean, IPAs are so much more popular that it's just like, yeah, a lot of brewers, you know, just won't even maybe try to do a Saison. So when you find a brewer that can take the time and really do it well, I mean, it's pretty rad. And this one came out really, really fantastic, I think. That's cool. We'll have to try and find that one. It's, that's, I know personally that's one of my favorite styles of beer. You you guys said that in the beginning of the interview here that you guys you know study beer and are brewers. What are your favorite beers to brew? Oh, well, we're not brewers. We're just we're just humble bartenders at breweries. But uh, okay, I think our one foray just into brewing was truly awful. We rebranded it. I think just temperature was off. It's one of those terrible Cooper's kits that we did. It was this was years ago before we even worked at the brewery. And definitely knew nothing. And uh, But, you know, we were broke, fresh out of college, so we drank it anyway. 
Well, you're not going to dump it out. No. <laughs> it's all about branding. I think Tom dubbed it the SPA, the Sour Pub Ale. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Not intentionally soured, but, you know, once you, once you just brand it a certain way. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, it was great. <laughs> It's amazing you stayed drinking beer after that. Those, I mean, those Cooper's kits were notorious for that. Oh, it was uh, it was pretty savage. But I don't know if we can blame it on the kit. I mean, it's hard <laughs> to say where the blame really comes into play. But, but it was nice, you know. I, I grew. I think I grew to love it. Yeah, over time, you had to. We had so much of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing what you'll learn to love when you have a lot of it on hand. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> I really, I don't. All right. Um, back to the new album here. It, it, it's a concept album, right? Yes. And please tell me this was a crazy night of D&D and beer drinking. <laughs> I think all concepts are D&D and beer drinking related. I keep going back to the D&D <laughs> thing, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, this is just something we were talking about for a while and uh, just wanted a different concept from the Black Hole Space Wizard universe. And we just started kind of coming up with an idea. Tom was talking a lot about uh, like the Baku and Dream Eaters and stuff like that with our tattoo artist. And um, I think that kind of inspired him to start to come up with the overarching you know, theme of, of the overworld itself. And then you have a couple songs in here that are years kind of dropped in uh, to individual dreams or something like that. So there's some of these songs like Cybermancer where you are just dropped in and that plane of existence is just for that song. Uh, and then the rest is this overworld. Yeah. So if we didn't really dive in, I'm not sure if we talked a ton about the concept, but, I guess to break it down real quick, if we have new listeners, it, it kind of follows uh, the tale of one main character who, when she dreams, she creates this, like Zach said, almost like a dream overworld or like a nexus point. And through her dreams, she can access and experience dreams of like all humans. Um, and it kind of explores the idea that those dream worlds are actually really like tangible um, worlds that, that can exist and be interacted with. So, the album kind of follows that through story of this main character experiencing dreams. And then a couple of these songs are just like a specific character's uh, kind of little dream and side story. So will it's there been be, fun. It's different than the Black Hole Space Wood stuff. But will there be any... Will there be any crazy videos this time? I, I've seen a couple of them from the last uh, couple out, or last couple EPs on there. Well, what do you say, a video? Yeah, like the videos, uh, they were kind of comedic, but they were really fun. Yes, we just came out with one for uh, Cybermancer, the Doomsday Express. Maybe that's uh, the one I saw, I think. It Marshall on Rollerblade delivering a pizza to your humble boys. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's the one I just saw. Okay, I, I thought that was an older song. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, that's on the new album, so if you, if you dig it. Oh, yeah, oh that song was awesome. <laughs> But uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, what do you guys got coming up that we can come out and see you guys at? Uh, we're working on some dates here November-ish. Uh, I think we're coming up the East Coast, so we're just waiting for a few things to come through before we absolutely confirm that. Uh, but that's 
what we're looking at. And then we're kind of laying low. We have another project we're working on right now uh, that will release sometime next year. So we're probably kind of laying low for the winter and getting getting to some recording and stuff like that. Is you going to be on tour with anybody, like, name-wise, or uh, is it going to be with you guys headlining on your own? November will be mostly us. Yeah, just kind of headline tour, support mm-hmm. the album. Nice. I'd like to see you guys play, like, a long set. Not a long, long set, but, you know, yeah. a headline set. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's going to be the focus in November, but I think we're looking um, – Around springtime, hopefully we'll have some stuff come together and a little more extensive touring. So we're kind of at a point where we're waiting to lock down all those dates, but we've got a lot of the works. That's awesome. We're looking forward to catching you guys on tour. I really want to see you guys on tour. But uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, taking time out to hang out with us today. Um, you guys were mentioning what you did last night, and it sounded a lot of fun. So uh, I'm sure you guys need uh, need to get some, some rest in there. Or play D and D, but of course. Any last words? Uh, thank you, thank you very much. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Be true to yourselves and love one another. We'll stay in school. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. We're we're big fans. Thanks for putting your music out and making the world a little bit less shitty. <laughs> and take it easy. We'll see you soon. Yep. Bye. Cheers. Fanatics on the run. Warnings on the station. They're building a machine. Hiding in the wasteland. Apocalyptic plan.